Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to episode 3 in a series of podcasts relating to the Civil War in Kerry. And this week's episode is the revolutionary women in Kerry during the Civil War. In 2006, I recorded Eleanor Burke and she was born in Kinmary into a staunch Republican family, the Rices. And they included her grandmother Kathleen, her mother Rosalie and her uncle John Joe. And from the interview I did with her, I've selected a number of sound clips that will illustrate the bitterness between families in the locate in the area. And especially the killing of two brothers, Brigadier General Tom O'Connor Scartin and Captain John O'Connor Scartin, both in the National Army. They were all excommunicated, you know. And my grandmother was at Mass in Kinmare with my mother and these Hartnett women and a whole lot of all these crowd and the Archdeacon in Kinmare. He was Archdeacon Marshall and he only read out what the Bishop told him to read out. He went up on the pulpit and he started to read out this thing excommunicating all the coming a man and IRA and my grandmother was up in the front of the church and up she got and she said come on there's this is no place for us and out she went and they all marched out after her and if I can find the poem that someone wrote about him they left the church but my grandmother being curious wanted to know what was read out so she went back into the church after mass and she went up in the pulpit and had a look at the letter and it went on over Kinmare that she went up and snatched it out of the archdeacon's hand, but she didn't. She, she went in after when he was gone <laughs> to read what he had said about them. <laughs> so I don't know mm. where that, that. So she was a brave, brazen woman. She wasn't was. She? Oh, she yeah. was terrible. She yeah. was. She was. That would. That would be yeah. what she'd. What she do. Yeah. So and she reared uh, John Joe in, yeah. in the same fashion. The same yes, in our family. Yeah, <laughs> but she um, that was a and there was a Doctor McCarthy in Kinmare wrote a poem about them. This poem was written about the about that time when the women walked out of Kinmare Church, and it says the heading is on the grand retreat of the Dago, who the Dago was Mrs Hartnett from the Holy Cross Church Kinmare. When the Irish Bishop's pastoral in the chapel had been read, the Dago tossed her widow's widow's weeds and reared her Jewish head. Come out, young patriot, she said, don't hear such Christian thrash. And from the altar to the door, she made a rapid dash. She was followed in the grand retreat by the youthful Ellie Lyne. She was a young schoolmistress in the days of old anxiety. Now friends, to be discoursed, I fear would break the ice. 
by paying a passing tribute to the charming Mrs Rice. She wants some new commission to suit her son John Joe, otherwise the great Napoleon, the terror of the foe. Yes, the truth is very bitter to the murderers, murderers and the thieves, for he who fills St Peter's chair for pleading Aaron's grief. The murder of the brave Scartines was plotted in her lair. Napoleon and his faithful few did meet in Colclave there. The straws were drawn, the noble youths were to be slain in their beds, and when twas done, the dupes were told to rob the gallant dead. But I, but Tom and John O'Connor are now at home with God, though their bodies are mouldering beneath their native sod. And we who are left behind will never cease to pray that God may smite the murderers and speed the reckoning day. Brave Irish men and women, come battle for your God and banish all the Dagos and the Rices from our sod. Who wrote that? A Dr McCarthy, uh, who had a practice there in the Bell Height in Kinmare. It was a very bitter time. My gra- I remember as a small child, and we didn't know anything about anything then, and we'd been in Kinmare with my grandmother. And I remember one instance. We were walking up the street in Kinmare, my brother and myself. She'd me by the hand, now I was that small. And this tall lady, I thought she was tall, she mightn't have been, in, dressed in black, was coming towards us. And my grandmother just cut the two of us by the hand and swept across the street to the other side. And it was the Scartine's mother was coming towards her. So like that was the bitterness that was there, you know. It was an awful time. It wasn't so much that. Um, I'd say regret too was an awful. My grandmother now wouldn't, but my mother and my Uncle Janja would really regret that incident. Because they knew those boys. I mean, they were friends of theirs. And that was an awful, an awful time, you know. It was brother against brother, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, so they regretted it. My mother and my uncle always, if you mentioned the Civil War, they didn't want to talk about it, but their one regret was that it happened. Yeah. When we were growing up in Cork, if she wanted to speak to my father, at tea time now or something. She might want to say something to him, ask him or tell him something that she didn't want us to know. And she'd just pick up her knife and do the Morse code on the end of the table and he'd answer her and we didn't know what was going on. <laughs> they just used the Morse between them to communicate. <laughs> so... Uh... She, but she was an expert at at, at Morse yeah, code, yeah, and she yeah. decoded a lot of messages. Yeah. And uh, yeah, she did. Yeah, that was her job. That's why she was planted. You know, wherever, mm-hmm. well, wherever she was, like, mm-hmm. and she just happened to be in these offices where the black and tans did come in. You know, mm-hmm. she said they were terrible. You know, the, they'd be drunk and throwing loaded revolvers around the place, and like if you said anything, they would take a shot at you. You know, it was a very, very tense time, you know. They knew, uh, it was, you see, before the Civil War, they they all um, trained and did manoeuvres and all sorts of things. And it was out in Tubrid, outside Kinmare, 
way out there. And they were with my uncle, the Scartines, training. So they knew where where he was. And the IRA knew that they'd lead them to... They knew too much. They knew all the movements and everything, you see. And they knew too much, and that's why they eliminated them. Because they knew everything. Yeah. You see, they were all together. And they knew all the haunts, and they knew all the safe, safe houses. They knew everything. And when the split came, then, you see, then they had all that information. Mm-hmm. So that's why they were eliminated. Like, as I say, they, they could lead them to any, any place. Mm-hmm. Because they knew everywhere. You see, they were part of that. My mother did tell me, because she used to be mad that my uncle was blamed for shooting them. Mm-hmm. But what actually happened was, there were two very young, wild young fellows. And my uncle was always very worried about them, that he'd get all the battalion into trouble, even before the Civil War. Which is my mother told me this, not my uncle. And uh, that they'd go with him, but that he wanted them to have, um, be a captain or, you know, be in charge. She said, like, they were big people in the town in Kinmare and they didn't want to be ordinary foot soldiers. Or their father didn't want them to be ordinary foot soldiers. And she said they were... They were only youngsters, really, and wild and that. And um, my uncle wasn't uh, prepared to risk them being in charge of men. And he said he wouldn't. And the father said if if that wasn't the case, they'd go free state. And they did. And then, of course, they knew every safe house and every place that the others went because they had been with them. You see, my mother had to tell me that when I decided to marry into the Scartines. You see, she she was the first cousin of the fellows that were killed. And I met my husband in Cork. And when we got engaged, my mother discovered whom I was marrying and discovered that that None of the none of those families spoke since nineteen twenty two and this was nineteen sixty. So she told she had to tell me this the the story and when I questioned her she told me this. But if I hadn't met my husband and married him, I'd never have been told. She had to tell me then why two families weren't speaking. <laughs> What kind of a wedding did you have? Did many turn up? (laughs) They all turned up. (laughs) John Joshi, he was called the Bury the Hatchet wedding. (laughs) (laughs) Well, first and foremost, um, I worked in Cork and I met my husband-to-be in Cork and he lived in Bandon. So it was only when we got engaged that my mother discovered that his mother was the first cousin of the Scartines that were shot. And that the two families hadn't spoken since 1922 to, this was 1960. So when we got married, 
my mother. She said she didn't know who was coming to the wedding. And my mother-in-law said the same because she didn't know whether her family would come or not. And the invitations were sent out. Some of them came, some didn't, but it wasn't anything to do with... It was just they couldn't travel. And um, the wedding was in Cork. And um, I have that photograph of my two uncles with Donald Neil standing between them. And the three of those hadn't spoken since 1922. And in the photograph you have? I have Ginger Rice, Donald Neil and George Rice. Mm-hmm. So. And what was the atmosphere like at the wedding? Great day. They all couldn't get on, couldn't get on better and all chatting. and It was, it was a great wedding. There was about 40 at the wedding. That time weddings were small. And... Um, Everyone was there. In 2005, arrangements were put in place with the help of archivist Nevo Sullivan in Kilmainham Jail to allow Mrs Mary Cashman visit the prison cell that her aunt Annie Sennett was held captive during the Civil War. We all met at the entrance to Kilmainham Jail and what happened next was an amazing coincidence when Chris Halpin the nephew of one of the leaders of Common Amon, Bridie Halpin, arrived at the same time. That's Chris Halpin. Chris Halpin. The Chris Halpin. No, that's just fast. Oh, the Chris Halpin. Oh, no, do you know, I'm sorry, I don't mean it like yeah, that. But no, the my Chris father. Halpin that did the, the, actually found the suitcase. That was my father. Now, would you tell him hi? I will. And what was your name? Uh, Nevo Sullivan. I worked here 24 Sullivan. escaped last week. Escaped. You escaped, I see, yeah. She so don't crawl. So. Yeah. <laughs> Two life sentences. This, this wow. is Mrs. Cashman here. Mrs. Mary Cashman's, Cashman. uh, her, uh, nice her aunt, her name was Annie Sinnott. And during the War of Independence, yeah. uh, and just after the War of Independence, in the Civil War, yeah. she was involved, she was in Kamanamon. And she wow. was arrested and she was thrown into a cell here. And she left her name on the wall. And yeah. So I brought, Mrs. Ca- I brought Mary up to see her name on the wall. So it'll be the first time she will wow. have seen her name on the wall. Her brother, m- my uncle, and his friend were shot back the road in Carahan in their dugout. And uh, it was uh, some fella gave away on them. Yeah. And uh, he was there with the lorry when they sh- uh, shot into the hay. You see what they were, chiefs of hair. And they'd pull out one and they had, you know, and the buyers came along anyway and just shot into the hair. The Free Staters, wasn't Free it? Free Staters, yes. It and during the, during the, the Civil War, the 21-22 Civil War. Oh yeah, the Civil War. He was only, well one was 18 and one was 19 between the two of them. But, uh, and they were any brothers? They, weren't, they were just friends. One was Annie's brother. No yeah. One was Annie's brother. brother. He was the eldest of nine. And you saw the little house they were reared in. <laughs> we live in there now. This is going to be a very exciting uh, uh, time because going in and seeing 
Annie's name on the wall would be very special. No, I know. Yeah. 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 yeah, um we'll need a torch. <laughs> As you remember yeah. from the last time, Morris, I'll go get a torch because it's so clear on the name, Mrs. Cashman, it's beautiful and it, there she is forevermore to forever just forevermore. And it's it's back to this uh, all I ask is remembrance and if remembrance proves a task, forget. I couldn't remember so. what it was you told me, she said. But and I don't have you have the little book, haven't you, with all the names in it? I do indeed. Yeah, yeah I do. It's, it's, it's exciting for you as well, isn't it? Oh yeah, is this is the first time I've been back here to the to the prison. You know, we used to come here, I mean, back to Ireland as children all the time. Um, and I haven't been back here now in 14 years. And now I brought my my wife Yuta there and my two sons Patrick and Killian to visit, and they haven't been here before either. So it's great. Um, I've always studied up on the history and I've read all about it. I have Brady's collection of, of Irish Morris, books sorry, as if, well. if Mr. Halpin, she's almost a spokeswoman because of the whole, that wonderful, and it was your dad, wasn't it? Right, my dad found it after she died. the suitcase under yeah. her bed yeah. that gave this wonderful story of a woman they didn't even know had no. existed. This and is there little she old was. spinster Aunt Bridie lived on her own in New York for 40, 50 years. And her detention order sharing her dangerous yeah. your father Unbelievable, found yeah. I mean, unbelievable to think that Aunt Bridie was known mostly for her cakes and singing in the choir was actually God knows what she was doing, you know, during you know, during the, the war, but it was amazing. Those days were as tough as the fellas. Yeah. You know. They had to be. Morris, let me tell you about uh, this wonderful woman who was here in Kilmainham Jail. We're standing in the courtyard just in front of the building. This woman's name was Bridie Halpin and she was here during the Civil War. And uh, like so many of the women, the Republican anti-treaty women who were here, when it was all over and everything had petered out and the country was trying to find its feet, these women had lost everything. They had given everything. There was nothing left. And uh, quite a number of them left the country. They had lost their republic. They never got it. And Bridie Halpin left Ireland and she went through Newfoundland in Canada and down to America. She eventually settled in Manhattan, in a small little apartment in Manhattan, where she lived for nearly 40 years. And she brought over her nieces and nephews from Ireland and she looked after them all. And she was just Aunt Bridie, little Aunt Bridie from Ireland. And to them she was just their wonderful Aunt Bridie. And that was it. And when Aunt Bridie died in the 1980s, one of her nephews who had been very close to her, uh, a man called Chris Halpin. Chris, had he had the sad job of cleaning out her little apartment in Manhattan. And, you know, the trinkets and all the things that made up his image of Aunt Bridie. And next thing he was reaching under the bed to clear out and he pulled out a little old suitcase. And Morris had just transformed the Halpins' lives. Because in that suitcase was Bridie Halpin's common on history of the War of Independence and the Civil War. And in it she had her um, jail autograph books, her jail diaries, the Constitution of Common but also her detention order signed in August 1923 by the Minister for Defence of the Free State, Richard Mulcahy. And this, de- this detention warrant basically stated that Bridie Halpin was too dangerous to be freed. And their whole, everything they thought of their lovely Aunt Bridie was so, it was all on its head. And they would, they just, as far as I know from the wonderful Halpin family in America, they just wished with everything they had that poor Bridie had talked to them. Um, It would have explained the kind of 
oh what the wistfulness the, the, the story that was there that they didn't know but we have it now thanks to the Halpin family her secret, her life, her passion her suffering here in Kilmainham I was very well aware of Annie Sinnott's name we got some of her autograph book entries for Mrs Cashman but I never knew she had died in childbirth the hunger strikes and the weakening of the system it's all there Amazing. it's all there, we'll go in and we'll, we'll see what we can see yeah. <laughs> ok alright you don't get this kind of change very often. You want to do an interview with you, Isn't this wonderful? Oh, this is fantastic. What timing. <laughs> oh, so, Mary, it's your first time in here now. It is. Very first time walking through these And it's exciting. <laughs> No, Mary, there's a, a few steps that we have to negotiate. Right, oh, I'll negotiate. <laughs> it's possible. No other steps are down here. You're... That's one. No, no, no. Not, not yet, Mary. You see, my eyes are bad as well. Oh, they're Right, up here, look, these are steps. My eyes are bad as well as my They're about 10 only. <laughs> Oh I keep saying this is the last one if you're there. there we, we've loads of time, so take your time. While Mary was slowly making her way to B-Wing, we went ahead to visit Chris's aunt's cell, which also happens to be Pierce's cell. And as you can see, we are outside no less a person than Patrick Henry Pierce's cell, where he spent his last night in 1916 before his execution. It's in this cell that he actually wrote that beautiful poem, The Wayfarer. The beauty of this world has made me sad. This is where Bridie has her name on the wall. So we're going to go in. Now, it's so faint, Mr. Yeah. Halpin, it's yeah. so faint that I'm going to have to please remember roughly. But it's, it's lovely to go in, so we'll go straight okay. in. I'm going to put these things down. Standing up close, um, I was on the ball. <laughs> now, Mr. Halvin, yeah, it's so faint. Pierce's cell. Oh my god, just looking at it. Okay. Look, Bridie Halpin. Halpin, yeah, number four, Nicholas Street. I think it's Dublin, yeah, you Dublin, can... yeah. There it is, yeah, that's her writing. Bridie, yeah. isn't that, yeah, that's her writing, when you can yeah. actually identify her writing. See, boys, wow, the, this lady was oh, be so proud of her. Hold on, Number four, on Nicholas Street. Turn off the flashlight for a sec. So, what do you think being here and seeing this on the wall? I am just stunned, stunned to think that uh, my Aunt Bridie was in here for so long and, and all these things she kept bottled up inside her for all those years. And, and to know that she was in the same cell as Patrick Pierce the night before he died is just incredible. Absolutely moving and incredible. It's a, it's a real honor for our whole family to know that she took part in this. It's such a great part of our heritage. It's just fantastic. 
Thank you so much for bringing us in here. This oh, is really special. This I means said, so much to me. It's the actual next best thing to meeting these wonderful women, yeah. is meeting their families. And to see that the boys are here, that hopefully they'll remember this all their yeah, lives. Yeah. And it's so very important for them to have such a wonderful person in the family. I mean, these ladies, these women, they paid every price there was going. They paid yeah. it over and over and over and over. She left her country. She had to find her roots in a new country. Yep. And she's obviously done a wonderful job because here you all are wanting to... Yep. to, to and she brought my memory. father over and my father's sister, yeah. Helen, over. And that's what kind of started the whole yeah. thing. And my father brought four of his brothers over. And so then, in a very funny way also, you you were so involved in this whole story because you're half-exiles, you were brought over, and now you're, that branch of the family is in America and always yeah. remembering. I mean, yeah. it's just... It's because priceless. of Bridie. It's, yeah, yeah, it's wonderful. And what Bridie had to undergo and what Bridie gave. Yeah. She knew everything. I just... Uh, very powerful. Just very powerful, you know, just to think about it. And I was personally always very interested in this, of all my brothers and sisters and cousins. And to know that now I can be here, and, I, and she gave me all her books and things, it uh, just really puts it all together. Oh, now, to finally be here and see it, you know, ever since we learned about this, I've always wanted to come back and see it. And it's just incredible what it time It a very touching moment for you. It is, it is. Yeah, it's, it's what a day. We just came from the graves of my four grandparents <laughs> that I'd never been to before either. So, it's, it's something. We'll return again now to retired archivist of Kilmainham Jail, Nevo Sullivan, and Mrs. Mary Cashman, and the Ahalpin family. And we're in B-Wing, outside Annie Sennett's cell door. Right, Morris, we're in one of the corridors in B-Wing. The women who were here called it B-Wing, and B-Wing is the most uncomfortable part of the jail. A-Wing was quite, quite happy compared to here. B-Wing was very tough. So we're standing outside the door of the cell in B-Wing, where Annie Sinnott has written her name on the wall. And in fact, Annie did us a great favour. She didn't just write it. She actually etched or gouged her name in the wall so it is safe forever. There you are now. I'm very proud of my aunt. And I can't believe it that I'm going to see this. You know, so and that I've come all this way, like, you know, because there's so many kind of just did what I've just done, only with better legs. <laughs> and I suppose when they were left out for a exercise or something, did they have to go downstairs and out? They, they actually had great fun and exercise. They were, they were an extraordinary group of women. And again, Bridie is in among yeah. this, Bridie Halp and Annie Sinnott. They had such wonderful ways of keeping themselves occupied in prison. They would play rounders outside. They organised the Kerry girls would always take on the Dublin girls. Ah, so I'd say, ah, Annie, Annie that. Nothing has changed. <laughs> Will we go in, Morris? Yeah. Let's open this yes. old door. Hear the creak over all the years. Jesus. <laughs> and we'll go in. I, I love to think that they know they do. that we're doing this, they do. that they have been remembered and loved for yeah. all the years. They do. So we'll sit you down, Mrs. Uh, Cashman, and then I'm going to show you where her name is. Yeah, I'm Mary. It's lovely. Thanks, Mary. Now, there we are. We'll just a little bit nearer. And we can sit down. Quite lovely after all that work. Now you can just sit right next to me. Oh, there we go. And we're all in, are we? Yes. It's lovely for the Halpin family to be here as well. Isn't it? 
Can you see it, Andrew? Yeah. Is it, very, is it high up? Right, Morris. Yeah, now, now, I'm going to show it to you now, Mary. Look. It's etched in the wall very sharply. Can you see there? Annie? A-N-N-I-E. Synod. Kerry just, number one brigade. Oh, God. It's just fantastic. Etched in there. Do you see she would have... I don't know what she used. And it's Annie... There, oh, right. lovely! How lovely! Trace it there. Oh, that's, that's the N. That's the N. That's the N. That's S. There, now you're on the E of Annie. Yeah. Oh, I see. Is that A? There's the A. There's the A. Oh, lovely! It's communication of spirits, isn't it, Morris? N N. Annie. Oh, that's your I. The E. And then just yeah, there you go. You're on the I. There's Lovely. And that's, I think that's Kerry number one brigade underneath you have. Give it me. She's, yeah. That's, there's a second N. Right there in the deep wall. There's the O. There's Can you feel it? Yeah. And her two T's. Morris, do you know, can you imagine if when Annie was writing this, she could have a fleeting glimpse of Mary doing this in 2006? Two th- and there she underneath that Mary she's yeah. put Kerry number one brigade uh, and up yeah. PJ Cahill PJ Cahill see there's up you've well, you're on the P of up oh have I and then c- come across and there's PJ P yeah J yeah. and you then Cahill who was he I don't know he was one of the one of the men I'd say on the flight but there was yeah. a lot of Cahill's back yeah. in the spot side <laughs> And, and you know Annie or Mary sorry just beside she's done it all over again yeah. Annie's oh. in it and underneath she's put Plover Hill Plover Hill yeah Trilly. you see uh, we're not finished now but we were Plover Hill yeah and across the road it goes up the hill and that is Plover Hill at see, the moment she's, she's gouged that in there Plover oh. Hill Spa Trilly County Kerry. Well. And then again, she, she was here. She was. You see, what, what else could they do in the cells? Yeah. So they left this. Remember me is all I ask. Right. Yeah. And so here again by the window, Mary. Way down by the window, there she is again. Annie Sinnott, Kerry oh. Number One Brigade. Oh, it's marvelous. You know. It's just, isn't it? It would make you cry. Oh, it really would. Oh, it would. I'm, I'm going to cry with you because it's so wonderful. I have listened to my grandmother so often. You know, yeah. She was a great and here you're standing. Your hand is on history, Mary. It's your on hand history. is actually yeah, on the is. history, and it's it lovely, is. Morris, because a lot of times the women just wrote with uh, thin black pencils, uh-huh. and of course you couldn't touch that. But Annie has oh the foresight, yeah. Le- whatever she used, and it's deeply etched it's into the old grey walls. It's like three times over, and all or something, you know. Yes. Yes, and she put Kerry up, Kerry, Kerry number one brigade. And she has given... Look, oh my God, um, Mary, look, it's Annie Synod. Uh, Kerry number one brigade arrested in Tralee on the 19th oh. of February. She's given us her whole Did you history. say what year? Uh, it would have 1923. been 1923, yeah. Oh, That's the year after my uncle was shot. Imagine, it's just one family, the price they paid. And he, he was only, he was the eldest of the family, he was 18 or 19, yeah. himself oh, and uh, his friend. They were in their dugouts, it was just sheaves of hay. Or they'd pull them out and they'd go into the middle of them. 
and uh, they were after taking on some fellow who said he'd left the Free State. I was in tour, and he was went away and gave away on them. You know, and he was with the firing party when they came, and they didn't do anything, only fired through the straw. And he was killed. They were both killed, him and his friend. There's two crosses to them, and uh, Carahorn. And one year later, his sister. And one Annie. year well, she didn't die here, but yeah. she it's her prolong. But look at that, but, Mary, isn't mm. it fantastic? Arrested mm. in Tralee on the 19th of February, 1923. Can I ask you one question before we leave this cell? You know, we're, we're here. Um, I think this is a special day. I think this is something wonderful that you were able to make the trip this it morning is, to come yeah, up in yeah. the train and uh, to, to, to see this. Yeah. And, and leaving here now, what, how do you feel now that you're leaving this cell after yeah. seeing Annie Sinnott's name on the wall? Well, I actually feel sad leaving because... You get the impression she's going to appear. I, I never saw the woman, never meant the woman or anything. And I, that she'd appear at some minute here, you know, that she's really here. Well, you it's, know? it's the nearest, I always said that in here, it's the nearest thing to actually meeting it them is. and be able to, and when you touched her name, Mary, yeah. that's the most magic moment I've ever had here in 24 years. Uh, well, let's just out. That's what I came here to do, like, you know. And I intended following her name, you know. And I've done that. So I'm going away, I suppose, a happier woman. Definitely a happier woman. But sad that all these great people had to die. And they should never have signed over the six counties. They divided Ireland. Ireland's people, they divided you know, and that's why I kept saying, you know, like, if you're divided, you're weaker. And all they wanted to do then was just wipe out what was left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mary Cashman, listen, thank you very much. And thank you for coming here today. And thank, and thank, you, thank you for, for this, saying because this. it wouldn't happen without you. It was your range, it was you, you know, brought me here. And Andrew, I couldn't come without Andrew either. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't get here without (laughs) you. Chris, can I say thank you to you as well for today and for being here? Thank you, yeah, my God. The timing is just otherworldly to think about it. I mean, I'm sure Bridie had a hand in this somewhere. (laughs) I just left her brother's grave, you know, and came straight here. There's there's something going on. Below, yeah. there's something going on. Yeah. There is. And I appreciate it too. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Really appreciate this, man. We've come to the end of this week's episode, Revolutionary Women in Kerry During the Civil War. More information on this is available on our website. Here is a clip from next week's episode, Bally City Massacre. I was, you know, going to look at this programme. But we never looked at that programme. He started to look at it and he said, I can't look at this. So with the result, I have never looked at that programme. Yeah. Because I feel it's a, something that I don't want to, almost. Because I remember that night I was coming, I was living in Ballybrack at the time, <clears throat> and I came back 
and I really went up to bed quite upset. Hi, Maurice O'Keefe, and I look forward to bringing you that podcast next week.